Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. We used to take long road trips when I was a kid. We used to go a long way. My uncle used to live in Mississippi, and so we would drive down there usually once a year, and we would see him. He was a pastor down there. And then he moved to Missouri, so he's getting a little bit closer, and uh, we would uh, drive down there. He actually lives in Michigan now, so we don't have to travel very far to see him. But uh, So we used to take really long road trips every year when we were kids, and uh, it, was, it was a blast. During these road trips, there used to be about three stages that we would go to, go through, excuse me. Number one, the first stage was always the excitement of the trip. All of you understand this. You get excited about the trip. Everything's going really well. You jump in the car. You're all excited about where you're going and how you're going to get there. And you're wondering what things you're going to see on the way there and what stops you're going to make. Your parents, in, in my case, parents had all the stops planned and everything that we would do and the excitement was there. So we'd be excited about going and we were going to see our cousins again. We were excited about seeing them. We'd only again get to see them about once a year. So we got to see them and we'd have our games. I remember I had a... I had a uh, Oh my goodness, I just lost the name of it. Really small. Game Boy, thank you. That's what it was. That's 100% what it was. Thank you. I had a Game Boy. Wow. Thank you. No, I never had one of those. We would have our games, we would have our snacks, we would have everything kind of all ready, and we were excited about those things. And um, I don't know about you, but I get excited about what snacks I bring, and I plan them out. As to how, when I'm going to eat them, um, when Beth was having uh, Caleb, she was in labor, I brought snacks. <laughs> Why is that funny? I had it all planned out. And I had planned out that I'm going to eat this at this time, this at this time. So I was going based on Maya. My, uh, Beth was in labor for seven hours with Maya, so I had it all planned out. Oh, eight, she says. Are you sure? <laughs> she would know. <laughs> Anyway, so I thought it was going to be a lot longer. Four? 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 Okay. So four hours of labor and Caleb comes out. And I'm like, I didn't even eat my Pop-Tarts yet. (laughs) Like, I'm not prepared for this. So anyway, that that was a side note, big time. The idea is I plan out my snacks. I get excited about when I'm going to eat them. And I had all these things. We had all these things going on. So we were excited. But about a couple hours into the trip, We'd be getting bored, most of our snacks would be gone, and we would enter what I like to call stage two, pure crankiness. Pure crankiness. Everybody would just get cranky. Kids were cranky because we were uncomfortable. Um, (laughs) We would say things like, she stepped on me, or he hit me, he stole my candy, he won't let me play his game. (laughs) So on and so forth. Mom would get cranky from all of the whining. And when mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, especially my mama. She, when she would get upset, things would not go well. Her fuse would get a lot shorter than it was before. And I lived in the olden days when you could swing at people. <laughs> and she did. It didn't matter what was showing. We, uh, it was always in the summer, so we, would, we were wearing shorts, and she'd start swinging, and you were just guarding everything you could guard from her hitting you. It was awesome. Dad was driving, of course, and so dad was driving, and my dad's pretty cool as a cucumber. He doesn't get upset very easily, complete opposite of my mother, and um, so he's driving, and it's interesting. My dad, the only time he would get upset, the only time he would get into the pure cranky mode was when we were in the middle of traffic. Of course, that would get anybody cranky, wouldn't it? So oddly enough, all of this would happen right in the middle of traffic, 
So we're whining, mom's swinging, dad's yelling, everybody's just pure, unadulterated, cranky. It's pure, it's, it's wonderful. Always in this stage of pure crankiness, there ends up, toward the end of it, there ends up being this long period of silence where nobody says anything because they don't want to make anybody else mad. They don't complain about your brother putting his feet on you. You just don't complain about anything, just be quiet. That would bring about the third stage. And the third stage was usually right around the corner of we were almost there. We're getting excited. We know what the roads look like. We're getting excited. We're going to be there in less than an hour. We're getting excited. We get a little goofy and things would just begin to excitement would build back up. These are the three stages that I have noticed in my life over the trips that we've traveled. But we made a long journey for a reason. To see our family. To spend time with them. And to spend, we would usually spend a week there. We'd play basketball and we'd go in the woods and we'd play all kinds of different things. We'd just have a great time. We'd go to the beach uh, a couple days out of that week. We'd just have a great time. We were looking forward to that excitement. I want to look at some people this evening who decided to take a journey. The focus of every journey usually is the destination. Where are you going and how are you getting there? But there are some things that they experience through their journey that I believe the Lord allows us to see to teach us some things. So let's go ahead and look at Matthew chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 to 12. The Bible says, Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. By the way, let me stop right here. This is something that I've always thought but just had pointed out to me again. Where was the star? Good answer. We always think the star was in the east, don't we? But they saw the star while they were in the east. Means the star was in the west. Okay? Just a side note. That was free. You don't, no charge for that one. Okay? Let's continue on. Good job, Kayla. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And now, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art thou art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. And when he had found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till he came and stood, till it came and stood over where the young child was. Watch this. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Being warned of God in a dream, they should not return to Herod. They departed into their own country another way. You see, the destination for these gentlemen, however many there were, we tend to think there were three. But I hope to maybe get you to think a little bit differently about that tonight. The destination was meeting Christ. They were going to meet Christ. But the journey presented some interesting lessons, again, for us. 
So I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled, The Journey to Jesus. The Journey to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the opportunity, again, to be here tonight. For the opportunity that we have to learn from your word. And learn about the Christmas story. Father, it's nothing new that I'll present to them tonight. Father, help it to be a great reminder to us. Help us to understand all that it is that you want us to understand tonight. Thank you so much for coming to this earth and dying on the cross for our sins. Pray that you would continue to help us keep that as the focal point through this season. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before we jump into the journey with Jesus, we need to establish just a few things. Wise men. Okay, what, what is a wise man? What is this terminology that we use? Well, if I can relate it to anything, I want to relate it to Daniel. Okay, Daniel was one of the wise men of the king that he served. So when the king had this dream, who did he call for? He called for the wise men and for the, uh, the astrolo- astronomers, astrologers, and, and for the, the people who knew all of these things. That's what these men were. The Strong's Dictionary actually describes them as even magicians. So these were, these were guys who weren't just wise. They were, they were astronomers or they would study the stars. And no doubt they were obviously studying the word of God as well, the scriptures. So these were, these were very wealthy, knowledgeable men. I want you to notice something else. We, we begin to see that these men come to Jerusalem. I hope you understand this. Jesus was not born in Jerusalem. We see in the very first verse, now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, these wise men came from the east, from the east to Jerusalem. Interesting. Well, We'll establish some things around that, but I need you to notice that. And again, they came from the east. They're Eastern, I mean, some people think they were Oriental. They were all the way late from China and different things. Some people think they were from the Babylonia area. Some people, we don't really know. All we know is they're from the east. They're traveling west. But the first thing that I want you to see this evening, a lesson that these men can give us, is number one, the understanding of who he is. The understanding of who he is. I want you to look at verse 2 with me. These men come and they say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. What you need to understand is this. These men, however again, however many there were, these men understood who they were coming to see. They understood that this is the king of the Jews. That was the whole reason for taking the journey. They understood that he was the king of the Jews. He was not just some regular child born of regular dignitaries. He wasn't, he wasn't anything like that. This is something worth taking the trip. This was king of all the Jews. They knew that he was to be worshipped. Again, if you'll notice, we are come to worship him. So they know who he is. They know the immensity of who he is. He's the king of the Jews, and he's worthy to be worshipped. Very important part of this story. Without this understanding, without understanding who he is, do you think that there would be a journey? Probably not. Why would they travel so far just to visit just a regular person? Because that's the importance of this. They're coming to see the king of the Jews. There would be no worshiping. 
There would be no entourage. There would be no camels. There would be no spices. There would be no gold. There would be no frankincense. No myrrh. There'd be none of that. But because of the understanding of who he is, is their focus. This causes them to start their journey. This also causes them to continue their journey. Sometimes I think that we, in 21st century Christianity, I think sometimes we forget who God is. Oh, you say, Pastor Yeomans, I would never do such a thing. Well, don't count yourself so lucky. Sometimes we get distracted. Sometimes we lose focus of who God is. We think we forget that he is the king of kings and lord of lords, as our song said again today. This is why I think that. This is why I think we forget. Because sometimes on our journey, we get a little bit cranky with one another. We get a little bit frustrated with one another, and we begin to infight, and we begin to get a little bit stressful, just like the kids in the car. We get a little flustered, and why? Because we're bored, we're sick of the journey, we don't want to go any further. Are we there yet? When in reality, when we first started, the focus was, hey, we're going on a trip, we're going to see all this stuff, we're going to do all this, these things, and we're going to see our cousins again, and see our uncle, and we're going to do all these fun things, and that was our focus at the beginning. But about halfway through, you kind of get bored, you get frustrated, and you get cranky. So there's no doubt in my mind that there are times where we forget who God is. We forget what our destination is. We lose our focus. We begin focusing, if you will, on the problems around us. When we think of what we have been given by having accepted Christ as our Savior, it shouldn't matter what the journey throws at us. Let me say that again. When we think about what we've been given by accepting Christ as our personal Savior. It shouldn't matter what the journey throws at us. It shouldn't matter what the devil throws at us. We know that we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. It's, it's because of Jesus Christ. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Listen, when we know what we have in Christ, it shouldn't matter. When we remember who he is and we understand what we have in him, it shouldn't matter what the journey throws at us. Shouldn't matter if there's sandstorms. It shouldn't matter if there's uh, hills to walk around or if it's hot out. Listen, we've got a purpose. We've got a destination. We want to understand who He is. We want to see Him. You know what else? It doesn't matter what our traveling companions do to us. Isn't it easy to get frustrated at other Christians? The things that they are supposed to do? And they're, they're Christians, they should know better. But again, understanding who God is and what our destination is keeps our focus. The only thing that matters is meeting the King of Kings. Seeing him for whom we have so long desired. You can keep that as your focus. This the old song, turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face. And guess what? The things of this earth just go strangely dim. Because we understand who he is. I also find this interesting. Jesus started his earthly life being understood as the king of the Jews. Do you realize that at the end of his life, Pilate inscribed the words, Jesus of Nazareth, king of the Jews. Funny how he wrote that. John 19, 19 says, and Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, 
the king of the Jews. He started as the king of the Jews, and he ended his life as the king of the Jews. And there were lots of people in between there that believed him. Toward the end, they got frustrated with him, and they ended up crucifying him. But here's the great thing about Jesus. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Listen, it doesn't matter what you go through. Doesn't matter what comes along the journey. Doesn't matter how much trouble you get in. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Understanding who He is, man, helps us through those times. We think about the 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 poem, Footprints in the Sands of Time. When Jesus walked with you in other places, He carried you through. Listen, understanding who He is. Is so important to the journey. Without understanding who he is, these wise men would have never taken the journey. There are many of us, people that I have seen that have fallen out of the journey. They've quit. They've fallen off the wayside. I believe it's because they forgot who he was. Don't allow that to happen. Remember who God is. Jesus is king. He controls everything. He is with us each night and each day. The song is written by Ron Hamilton. How can I fear when Jesus is near? We need to remember who he is. And get this, when you know who he is, when you understand who he is, you'll, number two, you'll proclaim it to everyone, a proclamation to everyone. Look at verse 3. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, watch this, he was troubled. But it doesn't stop there, does it? And all Jerusalem with him. And all Jerusalem with him. The wise men tell Herod who they're looking for. Hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews. Well, that was Herod. Herod was the king of the Jews. He was the king of Jerusalem. He he was the king of Judea. That was his domain. So for somebody to come in and say, hey, we're looking for the king of the Jews and it's not you. Kind of a slap in the face, isn't it? And so that troubles him. But notice again, the whole city knew about it. It troubled them as well. How did the whole city know about it? Word maybe got around. Word could have gotten through that fast or... As a lot of things happen, if you remember Joseph being sold into slavery, he was sold into slavery to the Midianites. You know what? There's a whole entourage of them. There was camels and spices and herbs and all kinds of different things. So I tend to believe that this wasn't just three wise men. This was a whole entourage of people. They could see him coming from miles upon miles away. Hey, there's somebody coming, and what are you here for? Why are you here? And they began telling everybody, we're looking for king of the, king of the Jews. We're looking for this king of the Jews. We've seen his star in the east. Finally, they make it to Herod, and they tell Herod the same thing. They literally troubled the entire city. Now, I've often asked myself this. Why did the wise men... Not just go straight to Bethlehem. Why did they kind of come up to Jerusalem and then work their way straight south? Why didn't they just skip Jerusalem and go right through? Now it could be that the roads, that's the only way the roads went through. Could be. But that would just be circumstantial and that would just be, uh, you know, for no real reason. I tend to think that God had a reason in all this stuff. Tend to think that God has a reason for everything that is said and done in the Bible. 
but I can't prove it. So this is purely my opinion. Take it for what you will. But here you go. This is what I believe. I believe they came to Jerusalem first for this purpose, to announce the coming of the king of the Jews. It was just simply that. Hey, everybody, we're here to announce the coming of the king of the Jews. They were making it known. We saw this morning the shepherds. They made it known. We went around telling everybody about it. But now there's something bigger. It's like news is traveling. They were making it known that they were here to see him. He was born. We've come to worship him. I've often asked myself this. Why didn't God just take us to heaven after we got saved? Why did God leave us here on this earth? Can I tell you? It's to make proclamation that the king of kings has come and is coming again. That's why we're here. It's the only reason why we're here is to make proclamation to everyone. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. That's for us to do. We have that responsibility. That's the whole reason we're left here. He's coming back someday too, and there's a world out there that needs to know that. The wise men made it known to an entire city that Jesus had arrived. Now this is, again, purely an assumption. But I can hopefully assume this, that this is not the first city that this happened. This is not the first city that they proclaimed, hey, we're going to see the king of the Jews. They probably said it in every city. Of course, royalty coming in wants to know Hey, where's the king? We want to meet him. They come in and they meet the king. Well, what, what, why are you guys coming through? We heard there's a king of the Jews and we're going to go see him. And so from every city, I believe, again, the Bible doesn't say that, but I believe that that, why are you making your trip? That's normal. When we were go down to Mississippi and where are you guys from? Where are you headed? You could see our license plates. They knew that these people weren't from around there. So all the way through, they probably were proclaiming Christ. And here's the most exciting part of the journey. They're almost there. Look at verse 8. The Bible says, And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when you have found him, bring him me word again, that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Watch this. And when they saw the star... They rejoiced with exceeding great joy. See, they're almost there. They're so close. They've traveled such a long distance. And here the excitement picks up again. Exceeding great joy. They're so excited. Look at the star just moved and it stopped right over the place where the king of the Jews is. We're so excited. We're almost there. Just a few more miles. Just a few more. But look at what happens when they arrive. Look at verse 11. And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold, and frankincense, and myrrh. Very simply, number three, I want you to see falling to worship. Falling to worship. The wise men after such a long journey, first thing that they do 
when they get into the house is they see Mary and Jesus and they fall and worship. They fall and worship. One day, we are going to see Jesus. You know the first thing we're going to do? Just fall and worship. It's going to be an awesome day. It's a journey leading up to that. We won't be able to help ourselves. We'll be in so much gratitude and so much thanks and so much awe and so much wonder. We'll just fall and worship. But not only that, notice what else they do. The Bible says, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented on him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So they opened up everything they had. They began to give gifts to him. Now we understand Jesus was worthy of those gifts. He deserved everything he got. But along with these things, I want you to understand that they gave him the most expensive and worthy items that they could find. These were not cheap things. These were things fit for the king of the Jews. Here's what I want you to get from this. The things that we fight and we claw and we get upset about. The things that we, you know, get upset at our neighbor about and the things that we try to attain in this life, the most worthy and expensive things that we can have. These people are just giving them as gifts. Someday, you know what we're going to do? We're going to cast the most expensive things that we've ever held in our hands. We're going to cast them at the feet of Jesus. Because, hear me, There's nothing worth more than being at Jesus' feet. There's nothing worth more. There's nothing you can do. Ask Mary and Martha. Martha is cumbered about with much serving. Hey, I'm doing work for you, Jesus. I'm trying to get everything accomplished. Can you tell Mary to come? No, 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 no. Mary hath chosen the better part. She's at my feet. She's listening. She's hearing. She's understanding. She's worshiping next to me. So often in our daily lives, we fight and we try and we, we struggle just to get the, keep up with the Joneses and get the most newest and most expensive thing. Anything we can do to have these earthly, attainable goods. Listen, the things that we strive for the most, God is using as asphalt. Streets made of gold. I'll tell you right now, I don't have enough money to buy one ounce of gold. And God's using it to pave his streets. He's using pearls, ladies, beautiful pearls. You know what he's using those for? Gates. Iron-clad, gross, nasty. Oh, these are just made of pearl. Nothing big. You see what I'm saying? The things that we think are important on this earth... They're nothing to falling down and worshiping at the feet of Jesus. And someday we're going to do that. 
It's easy as humans to get distracted on the journey. And let's be honest, sometimes we can get downright cranky. We can get downright ugly with one another. But when Christ is our focus, and all we can do is, listen, this is our focus. This is our journey. We know who he is. We're going to proclaim it to everybody else. It doesn't make other things just kind of go away. It doesn't make that strife that you're having during this Christmas season with your friends or your family, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal anymore, does it? It doesn't seem like it's that major of a problem. Some of you may be thinking, well, I'll just wait till I get to heaven and spend time with Christ. You can do that. You'll still go to heaven. But I can't help but think if these wise men had a thought the same thing. Ah, we don't need to think about Jesus the whole way there. I mean, it's, he's really not that important. He's not that important to wrap our minds around. He's, I mean, well, I mean, we got all this gold. We, we might as well buy a few nice things while we're here. We got all this stuff. I mean, we, we might as well not give it all to Jesus. I mean, he probably isn't going to need it anyway. You see what happens when you start, or excuse me, stop thinking about Christ? You see what happens when you stop making him your central focus? You get distracted so easily. I, I believe, I believe this with my whole heart, that if they would have got distracted, they would have stopped thinking about Christ, all of them, they would have never made it. It's a long, hard journey. But because they kept him as their focus, they walked in. We are here for one purpose only, and that's to see and worship the king of the Jews. They walk in. They fall on their face. And they present to him anything that was valuable in their life. The challenge is simple tonight. Every one of us is on a journey. Most of us here tonight are about midway through that journey or a little toward the end. Sometimes it gets a little frustrating in the middle. Don't lose your focus. Stay focused on Christ. And especially during this season. Especially during this season. It's easy to lose focus on the gifts and the parties and the different things that are going on. And those are all good things. Let's not lose our focus on Christ. Let's start today falling down at his feet. And worshiping him. Let's not wait till we get to heaven. Heaven's going to be a wonderful time. Heaven's going to be great. We'll see people there that have made it there before us. It's going to be awesome. But what are you doing today to keep your focus? What are you doing today to keep him as the center of your life? What are you doing today to keep those other things off, those distractions away? What are you doing to fall and worship him? There's an old saying, wise men still seek him. It's kind of corny, but you know what? It's true. It's true. Wise people, and I think I'm looking at a whole bunch of wise people tonight. Let's continue to seek Christ don't lose focus on the journey because it would be so simple.
get distracted and forget why we're here.